Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Seven home of the black and gold, live from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. It's a special edition of the Steelers Blitz here. Wesley Euler and our buddy Tom Ottferman. You know him from the Steelers Standard, also the producer of the Mark Madden Show, is here in for Arthur Motes today. We've got you for three hours as we have this entire week so far. This uh, practice today will conclude our first week of OTA coverage. Two more weeks to go after this one, and uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. We've had a lot of great guests. That will continue today. We'll be joined by a couple Steelers players after practice. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette going to join us at the bottom of this hour as well, too. My colleague, my partner, my friend, Tom Opferman. Again, you know him from the Steelers Standard Show and Podcast. What's up, buddy? It's good to have you out here. It's great. I feel like a kid on Christmas out here. You know, I've been doing this for like four or five years. Never gets old when you get to come down here to an event like this. But Mm -hmm. how disappointed are you and how disappointed do you think everybody else is that I'm not Arthur Motes right now? Uh, Motes, he's coming down Tuesday, (laughs) Wednesday. You know, he's like a king in this place. Everybody (laughs) knows him. The players know him. The coaches know him, obviously, from his playing days here. He knows all of the ancillary staff in the building. Everybody just looks so upset when I was in there. Like, I had to check in at security. The guy was, like, frowning. He was like, you're not Arthur Motes. I was like, I'm sorry. He couldn't make it. They just decided to throw me in last minute. I I promise I'll be in and out as fast as possible. You're like, wait a second. Hold on. That guy who's with Wes, he looks different this time. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little bit. You know, you you got held up a little bit at at the different checkpoints. I mean, obviously, you know, (laughs) first time down here, you're filling in. Well, not first time down here, but first time down here for OTAs for you. You're filling in for for somebody, and it was like, For a legend. For a legend. Who are you? Who do you work for? Where are you from? <laughs> Motsi doesn't get any of that. He just strolls, strolls right, right in, in. high fives everybody, saying. smiles. Yeah, so I think all of our listeners will be happy to I have keep you. getting I'll, the stink eye from people as they walk I'll by. I'll tell you this, though, Tom. I mean, it's better you than just me. So you, you didn't want to if ride anyone's, solo. If anyone's complaining out there, I mean, think about it. It could be worse. You could just be listening to me gas bag here by myself <laughs> for the next three hours. That wouldn't be much fun. Tom's with us here. We are going to have some fun over the next three hours, as we always do. Some special guests. Uh, we'll have Brian Backo, like I said, here in about 40 minutes on the program. Uh, but, Tom, let's start here. The Pittsburgh Steelers hiring officially. The reports came out uh, what would have been Tuesday evening. Um, from pretty much every reputable outlet, NFL Network, ESPN, locally guys here in Pittsburgh, that the Steelers would be announcing Omar Khan as their general manager. That jerk Shefty doing the Shefty thing, (laughs) sliding in before the Steelers could even announce it themselves. Absolutely. Now you're speaking Arthur Motz's language as well, too. (laughs) He he, he said before, Tom, he said, there's been times where I'd be evaluated for an injury here in the building, right? And I'd find out, I'm I'm not going to play this weekend. I'm too banged up. And he's like, I'd be walking out to my car to call my family. 
And Shefty would have it tweeted out before I could even call my family and call tell them life I, up. Call her, like, yeah, I know. Shefty told weekend. me already. Yeah. So that's what those guys do. I tell you what, I think they've just got all 32 NFL facilities bugged or something like that. Um, but but the, they did announce them officially. They, they did announce tomorrow, them officially. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. press conference. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. press conference. And for those of you who might be listening to this in podcasts or listening back in the loop, that's 10 a.m. on Friday, uh, Eastern Standard Time, of course, that we always operate with here in Pittsburgh. For those of you that are displaced amongst Steeler Nation, 10 a.m. is when Omar Khan will be officially introduced. You can hear that here on SNR, of course, all the live audio. But, yes, yesterday it was made official in the afternoon. The Steelers announcing Omar Khan will be Kevin Colbert's replacement as the next general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here was the statement from Steelers.com. Following a months-long process that included two rounds of interviews and a narrowing, a narrowing of an original list of candidates to six finalists, Steelers president Art Rooney II hired Omar Khan as the team's new general manager and successor to Kevin Colbert. Khan signed a four-year contract. I am pleased to announce Omar Khan as our next general manager, said Mr. Rooney. Omar has been an integral, an integral part of our football operations department during his 21 years with the team, and that experience will serve him well in his new position. Khan will be officially introduced as the new GM Friday, May 27th at 10 a.m. right here at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. That press conference, you can hear it here on SNR, streamed live on Steelers.com, on the Steelers mobile app, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. Anywhere where you get your Steelers content, you can get that press conference live in both audio and video form on Friday. Omar Khan's 45 years old. He's worked for the Steelers in a variety of capacities for the last 21 years, with his most recent role being the team's vice president of football and business administration. That position found Khan working closely with Mr. Rooney, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, and the day-to-day overall management of the football operations department. Omar Khan said, I'm extremely excited for this opportunity to be the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would like to thank Art Rooney II, Mike Tomlin, and Kevin Colbert for their support throughout this process. I am ready for this challenge and grateful to continue the success we have had on the field during my first 21 years. I look forward to compete, completing our football operations staff and working tirelessly to build another championship football team for Steeler Nation and our community. While Khan was in charge of overseeing many different areas and functions of the organization prior to being hired as the GM, he was known outside the team as being the Steelers' lead contract negotiator and the one managing the salary cap. His effectiveness in those areas was a factor in the Steelers going to three Super Bowls and winning two and having just one losing season this century. Man, that's insane when you say it out loud. And he he absolutely (laughs) is considered around the NFL in that circle as one of the best capologists, if you will, in the league. He knows how to work that cap to your favor. Oh, Oh, you think you don't have enough money to sign this guy that you need to fill in on this spot? Uh, I can move some things around. There's a million dollars. Boom. He's amazing at it. And that might seem... I don't know. I don't want to say maybe insignificant to, to some football fans it out there. It might but to some, but I think it might be the most significant Tom, part like of the job. Trying to understand the salary cap perimeters in the National Football League, it's like it's like trying to know the United States tax code. That's the thing. You know like, what I mean? Like you, it's, like, it's like trying to fill out your own taxes without not, any help. I'm not going to pretend like evaluating players is easy. I would be lost if I went on a scouting trip. I wouldn't even know what to look for, to be honest with you. But – the ability to mold a team together. It's not just, hey, that guy looks good. Let's have him on. You know, oh, let's sign this free agent. He looks like he checks every box we mm-hmm. need. You have to check more boxes than just the eye test of how he plays. 100%. And that's where Khan comes into it and does just a masterful job. And <laughs> I think that when you're that good at managing one of the most difficult aspects of the general manager position for as long as he has, it's a no-brainer that you slide him into the big boy chair now. I think you're right. And so if you're doing the math at home, 
45 years old, named general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been with the organization for 21 years. Right. I mean, that means he's 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 been doing this for a long time. Been in so, football since 97, was football operations with the Saints then. Exactly. Like he's so been there forever. He, he first worked for the New Orleans Saints for four years, right, in the 90s, and then in, uh, or sorry, in, in the year 2000, um, served as the football operations and coaching assistant for New Orleans, supervised day-to-day overall operations of their football team, assisted the offensive coordinator in day-to-day operations of the offense. So from 98, so, so 98 would have been his first year, 98 to 99 um, was when he started with, with New Orleans as a personnel assistant, um, you know, worked his way through player programs, you know, started as an intern before that in 97, worked his way up with the Saints before he was ultimately hired by the Steelers in 2001, uh, one year after Kevin Colbert replaced Tom Donahoe atop the team's personnel department. Khan originally served as the team's football operations coordinator and was named director of football administration in 2011. Five years later, promoted to vice president of football and business administration. In 2005, he was selected to attend the NFL manager program at Stanford University. Uh, Khan, who is a very, he's very active in the community, he also serves on the executive board of the Pittsburgh Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the board of Pittsburgh Film Office, and the advisory board of FNB Community Bank. Well, Tom, he's going to be a busy man, certainly. <laughs> uh, but what, give me your first reaction, because, you know, this is, as it, as it said in the statement that I, I started with, you know, this has been a, a long process. Yes. You know, interviews started, I believe, all the way back at the Combine in, in February back in Indianapolis. We are, we are now at the end of May, so you can see the timeline there has been multiple months. There was, what, six second-round interviews, six, too? I think it was 16 first, and then six yeah. that, were, that were kind of brought back for the, the final round. Two of those guys, obviously, in-house, and, and Omar Khan and Brandon Hunt, and then four candidates from the outside. It was something we all discussed. There were a lot of names in the conversation. A lot of people thought, oh, the Steelers are going to stay in-house, but it'll be Brandon Hunt, right? So so just kind of give me your original reaction when, when you saw the news broke that Omar Khan was the guy for the Steelers. Well, a lot of people did think that the Steelers were going to stay in-house. You know, Khan had the cap side of things. Hunt did a lot of the, you know, player mm-hmm. evaluation side of things. Mm-hmm. I think those two were pretty, you know, favorite candidates there. But they love shopping local. And <laughs> on do. It, honestly, way to put it. And that's even true for the assistant GM hire that we haven't gotten to yet, Andy Weidel, who is a Mount Lebanon native. Yeah, yes. he was you know, cutting his teeth in Philadelphia in that organization as a director of scouting. But now he gets the opportunity to come home here and, you know, another hometown guy that the Steelers bring back into their fold. But you can't really criticize the whole hire from within shop local aspect because it works so damn much. I mean, Bill Cowher, local guy. Mm-hmm. Kevin Culver, local guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. It just always seems to work whenever they go that route. and they Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Those things can happen from time to time. Wesley Euler, Tom Ockerman, it's the Steelers Blitz with you here live from OTAs. Tom, before we uh, went to break there, you were kind of just discussing the the Steelers' belief in, in quite often doing these things from the internal side. 
um, promotion-wise and how, you know, just kind of that idea of it, it's worked. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. it. Exactly, you know, and I, like I was saying, a lot of people kind of in a way view that as a negative or try to look at it as a negative or, or just want some new blood out there. And it's just, yeah, I get that you can go out and hire someone externally, but there's a lot of variables that come into play when it when that happens where when you bring someone in like Khan, who has been around 2001, I know. over 20 years here and at this was facility. With the in the late 90s. Like, he knows the ins and outs of this operation. He knows how to work with Tomlin. He knows how to work with Colbert, That's who is point. still going to be around, by the way. By Colbert you. is still going to be around. He knows what Mr. Rooney wants and expects. So there's not really that initial learning curve that you'd have with someone coming in from the outside. Oh, we used to do things this way in Tampa Bay, but, oh, you do it this way here in Pittsburgh. They're not going to have to go through that. So I, I think that's a, a major advantage. You can kind of hit the ground running a lot more smoothly mm. when you just hire from within. And it also is a testament to how good your organization is that these candidates keep coming up from within and are deserving of the job and more times than not hit a home run when they get the job. That's all very well said by you. And, Tom, I know how this always works, right? When, when we have these types of conversations here, you, you know that there's a couple people listening who are thinking, oh, well, you know, they haven't won a playoff game in five years now, and they've only won three playoff games in the last ten years. When when you're when you're a, a member of Steeler Nation, it's very easy, right, just to kind of focus on your own yard, absolutely, and not look at any of your neighbors. Yes. Yesterday, Moats and I were fortunate enough. James Daniels sat down with us, and he, of course, came after spending four years with the Chicago Bears. And the first thing that we asked him was, you know, why the Pittsburgh Steelers? What made this an attractive destination for you? And he mentioned that that continuity, that security. Same head coach for 15 years, same general manager until this year for for two decades. How there have has only been one losing season in the last two decades. They haven't had one under Mike Tomlin. And that's what attracted the stability of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Mike Tomlin is what attracted him here. So it might be easy for us to say, oh, well, the standard hasn't been up to the standard, and we obviously know that's a very high bar here in Pittsburgh and amongst Steeler Nation. But it's also you have to be a little realistic with that as well, too. And and, and know that... Ginzer Nation being realistic? Come on Some people might laugh at, oh, you haven't had a losing season in 15 years. Where's the trophy for that, right? But to people around the league, clearly to James Daniels, that means something. Absolutely. And I think, you know, going off of what you're saying there is, yeah, Ginzer Nation might think that they know what's best and that, oh, Tom, he hasn't we should any, be winning playoff games playoff every game year. And so, yeah. uh, we yeah. should be getting to the conference championship game at least every single year. Like, that is not the tone for Tomlin, not just in his own locker room, but around the entire National Football League. We, we had Peter King on the Mark Madden show earlier this week, and he told a story about how he ran into Mike Mitchell at Ohio University a year or two ago during some, they were retiring the football coach there, and gotcha. they were there. And he went up to Mike Mitchell, and he was just, like, asking him, you know, random stuff. And Tomlin came up, and he said that the expression on Mitchell's face just completely changed when talking about Tomlin. There was so much reverence and respect. And Peter said it was almost like the guy felt like it was an honor just to be coached by the man. Mm. And Mike Mitchell, as you know, didn't come up in the Steelers organization. That was another guy that was brought in, had a couple years here, and then they moved on from him. So, like... It's not just in this locker room that he has them 110% bought in. Around the league, his reputation is known as not just one of the better coaches, but just one of the better people to go to work for. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we're going to interview Mason Cole. We're going to interview Miles Jack today. We two are, guys yes, just those are our two guests We'll probably today. throw those questions right at them. Absolutely. I guarantee you that they'll have similar answers to James Daniels. Continuity. Mike Tomlin's been here Stability. for 15-plus years. He's... 
never had a losing season. Always in the hunt. It might not matter to you, Joe Schmo, sitting on your couch eating Doritos right now at 10 in the morning, but it matters to these guys getting paid millions of dollars to play this game. You know who was another person who said that? You just have to harken back a few years. Joe Hayden. I mean, he was was released by the Cleveland Browns, signed with the Steelers very quickly. What was that process like for you, Joe? Well, I wanted to come play for for Coach Tomlin. I mean, that that was his answer. And think about where the Steelers are right now. Like, they're not in a rebuild, but they are definitely retooling, if you will. And they are trying to, you know, recapture a Super Bowl contender kind of feel for their team. And you still were able to attract some some pretty good free agents. I mean, it wasn't like you went out there and hit, like, massive grand slams. But, I mean, Jack and Cole and, mm-hmm. and Daniels, like, these are really good pieces that, like you said with Daniels, wanted to come here, wanted yes. to be here. So even despite, you know, maybe – I don't want to say they're spinning their tires. They made the playoffs last year. That's really hard to do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, like, as they're trying to find their way towards, you know, that the, build that bridge towards being a contender again – Guys are still attracted to this place. 100%. Guys are still wanting to come here and play. I think especially guys who come from and it's Pittsburgh. Like it gets cold here. Like, there's a lot of warmer weather places it's you can like go it's Miami, to. Miami, right? right? In like, terms of a destination city exactly. or Los Angeles. Um, that's a great point by you. And you, you know what? You especially feel that I think with a guy like James Daniels, who hey, he he made the playoffs twice in Chicago. You know, it's it's not like they were terrible every year he was there, but you got to you know. There's, there's a difference between, okay, we have one year where we're in the hunt and we make the playoffs, right. and then the next year we win six games. You know, like that, that, those guys, they are very in tune to that when you come from an organization like the Chicago Bears that's done that. You know, when you're Joe Hayden and you come from the Cleveland Browns where it was always you never knew what the year was going to bring, those guys kind of crave that stability. Um, and, and I think you, you see that from the Steelers organization. They are the standard of that, certainly, around the league. And listen, I know how it works as a fan. And I'm not, you know, you and I, we, I, I don't want to make it seem, I don't want to be ignorant either. Like, you can absolutely sit there and say, okay, over the last, you know, five years, the Steelers should have probably done better here and here. You know, over the last ten years, they should have probably done better here and here. But you know what? You, you've got to get into the dance. You've got to have the success in June, in July, in August, in September, in October, and November to play meaningful football in December, in January. And it's it's been 15 straight years. And then you can even go back, you know, from the Bill Cower years it, leading into Mike Tomlin that this organization has done that. And I think that that, you know, is obviously a testament to a lot of different people, Tom. But Omar Khan is one of those people. I mean, 21 years he's been here. He's been a part of that process. Yep. And I think, again, to your point earlier, and kind of how seamless it, he knows what it's like to work with Mike Tomlin, knows what it's like to work with Kevin Colbert, knows what it's like to work with Mr. Rooney, that's going to make the transition all that more seamless. It's almost like the Steelers are a victim of their own success sometimes, especially when it comes to the way that their own fan base looks at 100%. Them. And it's, that's a good that you'd rather have yeah, it be that Yeah, absolutely. Way. Right, 100%. And I'll deal with, you know, nonsensical fans being like, wow, you got to win every year. you got to get at least to the conference championship game every year. I'll deal with that if this is the team that you're going to get consistently year in and year out, always getting to that eight-win mark at the very least under Mike Tomlin. So I think that when you are so consistently good that the bar can be rose can rise mm. for your fan base and for people that cover you sometimes too. And yeah, it's it's obviously so incredible to not have a losing season in his entire tenure as a head coach. And I think that kind of, you know, makes people think like, "Oh, well, 
why didn't he do more? Why didn't he get to that extra level? Oh, it's so great that he keeps winning games and he never loses. Well, why does he not win in the playoffs? Then? Why haven't we been to the Super Bowl in like 10 years? Like, the bar just yeah. keeps changing and keeps rising. And like you said, you know, this is a franchise around the NFL that, you know, it's not a team where you go to the playoffs and then the next year you got six wins. And you kind of got to try to recapture it all again. And you got to almost rebuild on the fly every other couple of years. Like, there hasn't been a rebuild here. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had a lot to do with that, obviously. But even as you look at this roster now, like, yeah, quarterback, kind of a question mark. But they've but it's got it could exper- be a lot worse. Right, experience in Mitch, <laughs> potential rookie, you know, breaking onto the scene in yeah, Kenny. Mason's yeah. still in this battle as well, who's got the most experience with this Steelers offense. Like, and if you look around, like a lot of people want to, you know, just kick Mason to the curb in that conversation, look around the league right now at who's everyone's third quarterback. Oh, this is probably the deepest quarterback it's, room in the NFL. It absolutely is. And now, you could certainly argue that, that the top-end talent hasn't emerged yet, and that's fair. But, yeah, like, there, it is, I think that's a good way for you to put it. I mean, there's, there's, you, you, sometimes you have to look at the bird's eye view and not right. just, not just what's going on with, with your own roster. And there's a ton on this roster that give it two or three years, and it could be one of the best in the entire NFL. I mean, Give Najee that extra year or two to, you know, really find his stride as an NFL player, mm-hmm. really get into NFL shape. He's looking Fri- the part out here so oh far God, this it's week. Insane. It's insanity. I almost fainted when I saw him. <laughs> Fryer Moose, the same thing. You know, he, he's going to yeah. get up to speed yeah. in a couple years here. He'll be, hopefully, I don't want to say he's going to be Andrews Kelsey, but esque maybe like, yeah. in that kind hey, of ta- stratosphere with it. those we'd guys. And look at the offensive line. The offensive line is so young right now. They have a lot of time that they can mesh and grow together, and I love the fact that there's really no one on the offense that's, what, over 25 years old? Uh, like, I think Chooks, if, if, it's, if, if it's not Mitch Trubisky Chooks starting like a quarterback, 24. Chooks would be the oldest starter on the offense. Other than, like, if it ends up being Pickett, Chooks would be the, the oldest starter on the offense. So say they struggle a little bit this year. Say hypothetically they go 7-10, and 10, which is still pretty good for where they're at right now, breaking in a new quarterback, whether it's Mitch Saying or Saying goodbye to a Hall of Kenny. Fame quarterback yeah, exactly. and general manager. But these young guys, they can learn together through failures, through successes, and, like, in two or three years, you're going to have – guys entering their prime who have played a a solid two seasons together you know that they're going to be able to Mm -hmm. draw from their experiences and then in that after that two-year window you're really cooking with something there like these guys are battle tested in the nfl and they know how to play all together as a unit because they've been growing together forever so you look at the roster on paper and say what you will about it now but try to imagine it a couple years from now if these pieces develop the oh. way we want them to. It, it could be one of the best in the league. And especially, Tom, you know, sticking with that, let's say it's hypothetically a year or two from now and Kenny Pickett has clearly emerged as the guy. Right. Mike Tomlin and company here will have the ability for two or three years to do something that they haven't been able to do in 20 years, and that's build a roster around a quarterback on a rookie contract. Like, Such they, a good point. That's they, how you win in today's that's NFL. That's how you win in today's NFL. Look at how much the Chiefs were able to load up before they really had to pay Mahomes. Look at how and the now Seattle's, look at what's happening to them. They have look, to move on from Hill. Because the they Seattle have no Seahawks with Russell Wilson, yep. right? Uh, the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. I mean, the examples go on and on and on. It's it's why the Philadelphia Eagles were able to still have Nick Foles as a, as a pretty decently priced backup because Carson Wentz was still in his rookie deal. The Rams around Jared Goff. They got to a Super Bowl w- with Goff, you know, before ultimately kind of changing their philosophy 
crispy a little bit You're there. You're seeing it happen in our neighbor Cincinnati as Cincinnati, well right Cleveland now. as Cleveland. well. Well, you know, not anymore. Not but. anymore. <laughs> but, they, they went to one of, one of two extremes there. But Cincinnati is going to be the same deal. Well, Loaded they, around Joe they, they have a four-year window now to try to really win this thing and put as much as they can into it, and they've – They've done so so far. They've spent a decent amount in the, this free agency class as well. They've improved their offensive line greatly. They, uh, biggest hole maybe in the entire NFL yep. to people was the Cincinnati they Bengals offensive line. They cash because they had the space. And they did it. So you have to give them credit there. Now, did they spend the money wisely? Time will tell about that. Mm-hmm. But at least they're spending the money, and that's the first step, and they're taking it. But, yeah, man, that's that's the modern Cow- day. Cowboys were able to do it around Dak and Zeke. That's like, why these rookies time. have they, they didn't make it a, a run like they wanted to, but they had a lot of double digit win seasons. That's why these rookies have so much pressure on them to yeah. come in and be it's the guy call. right away because you want that cap flexibility. You want the ability to go sign a free agent superstar for four years while you're still paying your rookie quarterback his rookie dollar. And all those things, obviously, I think easier to attract when you are the Pittsburgh Steelers and you have the reputation of stability. And for that case, Mitch isn't making that much either. So, like, you still, for two years with him, if he ends up being your guy. If he emerges this year as the guy. You still have a ton of cap. You're paying him, what, $14 total, $7 million a year? I was going to say, I think it was about $7 million a year. That's nothing for a quarterback. It's it's nothing. Especially for a, you know, if he ends up being your QB1. (laughs) Like, that is, that's chump change, honestly, around the National Football League. So, that is, you know what, I think there's a real good possibility that what you kind of alluded to could happen. Where, let's say the Steelers go 7-10 and 10 this year, 8-9, and nine, something like that. They don't bottom out. Which Steelers Nation will hate, but I, hate. I will be on these airwaves after the season saying how good of a season that was progress-wise. Especially... And, and I, you know, I know you've looked over the schedule. I'm sure you guys on the standard did yeah. the, you know, it's it's written in the Bible and the Constitution, Tom, that if you, you have to do if the you have a football yes. show, you have to react to the schedule with your win and loss predictions. Those first, the first third of the season, right? Like the first six weeks of the season for the Steelers are pretty brutal. So if you see a scenario where, let's say, you know, Steelers start two and four or something like that, you know, but then they're able to, as the as the year comes down the stretch, they finish strong. And yeah, maybe they only win seven or eight games, but you really see it coming together, you know, and, and you clearly have a quarterback that emerges, whether that be Trubisky or Pickett or, or whoever. I think all of a sudden you would feel really good going into next year. Like there's there's a lot that this team could do in terms of their roster, in terms of their age, if we see step forward in significant growth on offense, if we see a, a, a defense that you know feels like it returned to their form in, in, in 2019 and 2020 when they were you know truly an elite unit, um, I think there could still be a lot to hang your hat on from this season. And again, I know we've been spoiled. I've been spoiled. You and I, Ben Roethlisberger's been the quarterback yeah. of the Steelers for over half of our lives. I mean, we, even going before him, they we, always they were in AFC Championship. We've, games. We've, I've never seen this team be bad. We've been spoiled. But I, I think even so, you could still take a, a lot of positives from a season, you know, that, that doesn't end with a postseason appearance. You're talking about the schedule being tough. It is at the beginning, you're right. And it's not the easiest schedule, you know, from week one to week se- week 18 either. Right. But I will say this. One thing that's going for them that is so unique and could really help a rookie quarterback, they don't leave the East Coast time zone. At all. The furthest trip is Miami. And then the furthest west is Indy, right? Correct. So, like, which is which is nothing. That's right on the border of the Central Time Zone, and they, like they it's a don't five hour drive. They, to Indy. they don't have to make that West Coast trip to L.A. They don't have to go Seattle, to Vegas this Vegas, year. They don't have Arizona. to do. They don't have to do any of that, and that I think is just a, an advantage that does not come along too often, and. <laughs> I hate to say this because it's it's schedule talk, but like that might be worth an extra win. The fact that you're not really hurting yourself travel wise. The the toughest travel that they have 
is when they have, what, the Monday night football game against the Colts. Yes. And then they go to Atlanta that next Sunday. Both of those are on That's the road. That's tough. Yeah. But, like, you're flying from Indy back to Pittsburgh and then from Pittsburgh to Atlanta. It's not like it's that big of a deal. No, and it's not. Yeah, so it, I, it fell favorably for them, and and not favorably for a if Kenny does get the job, a rookie quarterback because you know those those West Coast trips and they they're a nightmare. You can almost automatically chalk them up for a loss, even yeah. when you have a great quarterback out there. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point by you. And another thing, you know, while we're doing hashtag schedule talk, uh, I love that the Thursday night game is so early in the season, and I love that the Browns' first game against the Browns is probably going to land right in that Deshaun Watson suspension zone. Only going to have one game against Deshaun. Absolutely, two. that that helps. But you know, you hear a lot about how those Thursday games can be grueling. Well, you get it in Week Three, where you're, right. you're, you're still be fresh. Re- you're yep. still relatively fresh, and it's Cleveland. It's it's the closest possible Take opponent that you, there that you, you could yeah. play. Yeah, so. Again, there and is, you have the Jets the following week when you get that extra, you know, couple days. Mm-hmm. Not not a buy, but a little buy, mini maybe buy. Maybe that's where we see old Kenneth Pickett for I, the first time. Either then, or I think after the after bye the bye week, week, yeah. week nine. Again, though, this could Mitch could come out and could play very well. Well, that's the thing. We could say maybe we'll see Kenny Pickett. There. What if they're three and zero going to the Jets game? <laughs> You're not taking Trubisky. No, yeah. absolutely. And what if going into week nine, you know, they're they're six and two. Right. Like, like that's yeah. Then you ride with the hot hand. Then you ride with the hot hand. And but that's you know that to me is exciting about this upcoming season is it's just something different than what we've had for so long. In the entire time that I've been doing this, you've been doing this for a while. You know, this will be Moats and I get this done. This will be Moats and I's fifth year doing a Steelers show together. It's pretty crazy. How that is that, wild. Five-year anniversary. How that time passed, right? Um, where is he today to celebrate? Where is he today I mean, to celebrate? We, we've we never talked quarterbacks before, really. Never. Because There's you, never you been a need to. the guy's been walking in every day. The quarterback talk hasn't been who's going to be the quarterback. It's been is, does Ben still have it. That's Exa- been the talk the past couple exactly. of years. Exactly. And, and same with, with the cornerbacks as well, too. Like, Joe Hayden for the last five years has walked into – you've known who the number one guy is. So – I know there's a lot of angst in that department as well, too, but I, I think it's an exciting time to be a Steelers fan because it really is. A lot of teams say this, but it, it truly, when, when Kevin Colbert is, is no longer the general manager, when your 18-year Hall of Fame quarterback is retiring, it is a new era. I mean, you are, oh, yeah. you, are, you are closing one chapter and you are starting a new one, and I tell you what, to have the young talent they have on offense, to have guys like Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick on defense – that's a pretty good way to, to usher in an, an era. And to just bring it kind of back full circle, the stability of this organization allows you to really be excited about it. Because I, I understand that, you know, hey, if you're a New York Jets fan, you've been rebuilding forever. And you might not have, you know, you might have some excitement into OTAs like yep. this, but you, yep. just, you have that doubt in the back of your head that, did they make the right decisions? Are they going to supplement the rest of the roster in the areas that they need to? You don't have any of those doubts here in Pittsburgh. Nope. You, you know they're going to do that. In fact, they have in free agency already. There's no you know, worry of, yeah, we're in this new era, and are the, the front office and the coaching staff up for that new era? Mm-hmm. There's no question they are. Absolutely. We're going to talk about all these things with our buddy Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette when we return on the other side. If you missed it earlier, as Tom mentioned, Miles, Jack, Mason, Cole, they will be our guests today in the noon hour as well. So plenty to get to. Tom Offerman, Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Back at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex here on day three of OTAs. It's our ongoing coverage on Steelers Nation Radio. Wesley Euler, Tom Opperman, he's in for Arthur Motes today. It's our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joining us live here and in person. What's up, Mr. Backo? 
Oh, man. Just uh, it's, it's good to be back on you with the, the usual Thursday schedule. Um, yes. The kid woke up pretty early this morning, so if it's a low-energy interview <laughs> from me, uh, you know why. I've only had one cup of coffee, so uh, going through it. Hey, no, I'm, I'm there with you. Fortunately, uh, my daughter got a good night's sleep last night, but I, I think anyone with, with children, particularly young children, has certainly been there. And that's okay because, you know, I know you'll appreciate this. You, you're a longtime Steelers Blitz guest. You know, Mr. Backo has been coming on with us, what, since 2009? I know the ins and outs. I know the, the I running jokes, all the bits. When we first came out here for day one on Tuesday, Moats and I had like three separate people who told us, hey, you got to keep it down. All right, you're, you're, you're out of practice. Wow. You can't be screaming and yelling and doing your typical shenanigans. Who are or, these shadowy uh, figures? Listen, I'm not naming any names, names, all right? Yeah. But they just, they were very nice about it. They just wanted to make sure, hey, you know, make sure you're not screaming and yelling out here, nothing to distract the players. You're scaring the players. You know, we don't need to upset Coach Tomlin and think someone's voice is booming over his. So we will, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will keep it down here for sure. And, that the, is, and then it's very funny that uh, it ended up being Mike T, who was the one yelling at most. Twice. So, yeah, yeah, twice <laughs> about his, you know, his JMU and, and William and Mary banter yes as always so I'm, get, I'm getting the vibes that the people chiding you were above you guys on the masthead just a little bit okay. just, just, a, bit. just, just a bit just a bit just a bit uh mr Backo, let's jump right into it here plenty yep. that we want to get to with you as always omar khan the steelers officially announcing on wednesday that he will be the replacement for kevin colbert as team general manager he'll be officially introduced at 10 a.m on friday you can hear that right here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, give me your first thoughts, your initial reactions when we learned that it was Omar Khan through, you know, what's been a, a pretty lengthy process here. Yeah, uh, not a surprising choice. I mean, I, I think I, I would have been surprised by any of the outside candidates, probably other than Andy Weidel, who's, you know, reportedly going to be here as well in, in kind of the number two capacity. So the way they've restructured the front office in, in lieu of Kevin Colbert's presence, it Kind of strikes me as similar to what they've done with, with some other positions recently. You look at defensive coordinator this year. Yes, they, they make an internal promotion with Terrell Austin, but they also go outside the organization and bring in Brian Flores to have a little bit bigger role uh, than, than your typical assistant coach. So they're threading the needle a little bit in these ways, You know, trying to keep the stability and continuity that the Steelers franchise has been known for for 40-some years. Yeah. Um, but but also getting fresh ideas from the outside. And I think that's kind of what you're getting here with this Omar Khan promotion and expected Andy Weidel hire from the Eagles. Now, was there any surprise on uh, on your part that uh, one Brandon Hunt was not part of these, uh, these not I don't want to say conversations because he was, but part of the, the final decision? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Brandon Hunt here. I mean, wouldn't blame him if he wanted to go, uh, you know, try to get – an elevated gig somewhere else. Yeah, he I, did I, interview with the Bills a couple weeks ago. And, and the, the Eagles. The Eagles VP job, yeah. Right, the one that uh, essentially that Andy Weidel left, so yeah, could have a little, little switcheroo. Swap. Yeah, um, but also, I mean, he's still a relatively young guy. I think Brandon Hunt's only about 40 years old. So, I mean, this this job and, and trying to climb the ladder when you're a, a, an NFL executive is... It's cutthroat. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You don't see a bunch of guys... It, who are real fast risers you you have to kind of get the lay of the land and you know uh, work a bunch of different places wear a bunch of different hats before you get that ultimate uh, dream job that you want so uh, we know Omar Khan has has certainly done that and I'm sure Brandon Hunt will continue to do that whether that's here or somewhere else I don't know Um, seems like he's a little bit of the odd man out at this point but I'm sure the Steelers would would love to retain him uh, if, if he doesn't have that opportunity to jump elsewhere. It's not like uh, Omar Khan has to, you know, really replace Ben Roethlisberger. Colbert kind of laid the foundation for that in his last draft. 
Looking at these three guys in this position battle, though, Mason, Pickett, and Trubisky, it's almost impossible, Brian, as you know, to have a three-way position battle in training camp. It's hard enough to have a two-way position battle at that position in training camp. Do these OTAs, in your opinion, hold a little bit more weight than maybe they have in the past, especially, obviously, at that position? Because you got to find reps for these guys if it's a true competition, and you're just not going to have that up at St. Vincent. Yeah, I think it holds more weight in the sense that, I mean, it's always a, a journey in the team-building uh, process, as Mike Tomlin likes to call it. And yeah. I think this year it just has to start a little earlier and certainly it has to be a bit more thorough at that position specifically than it's been for a really long time. So, um, you know, before uh, this OTA's phase could be a lot of, you know, other guys getting reps while Ben Roethlisberger sure. hangs out, sure. um, you know, mentors a little bit. Last year, you know, he did have to, to learn the new offense to some extent. But, yeah, I, battle and, yeah. you know, like I you said, so Tom, too. it's going to heat up a lot more in – Latrobe, but these are just the the first steps of it, and I think uh, w- what they do out here matters more than it would uh, for any quarterback in a previous season. Do you think it is a true battle, or do you think they kind of know, like in the back, it's where they want to go, and it's just you know something catastrophic would have to happen for it to not be Trubisky or for it to not be Pickett? I mean, I think you got to have an idea, right? A preconceived notion to some degree, but I, I also think that Pickett is going to be given. A chance to win this to job and yeah him, and, and i know some people think that he's gonna have to really uh knock their socks off to do it i, I understand where that comes from and maybe those people are right I, I don't necessarily agree with that because i think when you do draft a guy in the first round who's as polished already as as kenny is then that that makes it a little bit easier pill to swallow uh to throw him in hmm. from day one and when you look at trubisky's contract the not just the money, but the incentives. Right. I think it does point to potentially being here in a backup role more than we thought when he signed in March. So just a lot of things moving in that direction. And uh, if it's not week one for Kenny Pickett, I, I do think that you're going to see him eventually this season. But um, like you said, you can't have your mind made up just yet. But uh, you've got to be thinking, thinking forward, thinking ahead trying to project out a little bit if you're Mike Tomlin and everybody else on this Steelers staff. Especially because, like we were saying in the first segment today, that's how you win in today's NFL. Yep. Rookie quarterback, rookie deal, spread load that up, money around, around the rest around of the roster. So you yeah. want him in there as fast as possible. Not like Trubisky's making crazy bucks, right. but... Yeah, and, and also just the, the chance to learn and develop and, and grow and progress with these guys is something that Pickett will have, too. And he's... I don't think it's uh, any grand proclamation to say that he's going to be around here longer than number 10, yeah. so... Um, so I think those are all factors as well. But the other thing you, you got to keep in mind, keep in the back of your head, this is the Steelers we're talking about. I mean, if mm. there's if there was an award for most patient franchise in the NFL, uh, they they They'd might win the that one. Go- yeah, they yeah. might win that one going away. So um, so th- th- that's you know worth considering too. Um, and I, and I also think the other part of this is they are pretty similar players, and yeah. and that's some of the reason why I and some others. We're, we're a little bit critical of the picket selection is that do you feel like you're you're overlapping a little bit with the skill sets that you have mm-hmm. but that could also make the transition pretty seamless uh if if you do eventually have to go from a veteran in trubisky to somebody getting their first crack at it and pick it brian Bacco with the pittsburgh post gazette our guest here on the steelers blitz a few more minutes with our good friend of the show you know, sticking with the offense and kind of in that same vein 
uh, yesterday we were we were fortunate enough here. We had Zach Gentry and James Daniels both sat down with with wow, Moats and I for interviews. You How guys, about that? big time. What if I tell you we got we got Miles Jack and we got Mason Cole today, baby? Um, both James Daniels and Zach Gentry mentioning the run game, how they want to be an elite run team, how they want to be one of those teams who can enforce. Oh, yeah, didn't Gentry tell you guys Najee looks like an action figure out here? He, so he certainly did, yes. He looks great, better than an great action Great quote. Yeah, it's a great quote. G.I. Joe, I believe, was the Action was figures the exact can break, quote. as it's my a- two-year-old has proven to me time and time again. <laughs> I, I mean, Najee doesn't look, uh, he doesn't look human. Is is that the formula? We all know it, it feels, you know, the defense is going to have to lead the way for the Steelers. You know, it feels like particularly early on in the season while they figure it out on offense. But is is that kind of the, the formula for this for this offense is to establish that run game early and let the quarterback, you know, whether it's Mitch, whether it's Kenny, whether it's a combination of both, grow from there and kind of have that, you know, what is, what is always a, a good run game is it's the best kind of whoopee, it's the best kind of safety blanket for a young quarterback. Yeah, and I think that's what they want their identity to be. I mean, sometimes I think talk of identities for football teams and, and offenses can get overblown a little bit or become trite and cliche, but, I mean, you just look at all the moves they've made this offseason and the, the natural moving away from the Ben Roethlisberger era and the, 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 Najee, Har- era. the Najee Harris era being ushered in here, and uh, that, that certainly seems to be what the Steelers want to do and what they want to accomplish. Um, but, you know, you, you need good decision maker at the quarterback spot i think to get the most out of that uh you you need somebody who can be that quote unquote game manager but with the occasional ability to to step it up a notch and and win a game for you so um yeah i mean james daniels has been really impressive to me both physically and talking to him in the locker room i mean he seems really sharp like the kind of leader that this o-line hasn't had in a few years so uh, I think he's going to be uh, a huge boost to them, but that's just one spot. You know, you, you need the other four guys to to do their jobs as well. So uh, Zach Gentry, too. I mean, guys like that can can help you chip away yeah, at it yeah. when you're in those two tight end sets. So, um, you know, on paper, it looks like a good plan. As we found out last year, the pieces that you put in, they, they need to coalesce and, and work together to make it actually work in practice. But um, you know, we'll we'll find out about that eventually, but I, I think the philosophy is pretty sound. I think so far this offseason they've done a pretty good job as far as people they've brought in. We've talked about the offensive line, obviously, a lot there. Where do you think they still need to improve the most, though, Brian? Like, where's that biggest hole that you still are looking at saying, I'm a little shaky if that's still that, this way come week one? Yeah, I mean, non-O-line category, I guess I would probably say the run defense. Just because, I mean, it was so bad last year that I'm I'm not going to – believe in the improvement until I see it right. on the field. And I think, you know, adding back a guy like Tyson Alualu certainly helps with that. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if Stephon Tewitt yeah. returns. You that's, know, a op- big, that's a big part of that, that equation. That's a massive boost. Optimism is maybe slightly higher than it was, um, you know, last year in training camp and even throughout the season. So, I mean, those would be two, uh, two assets, no doubt, in, in terms of the run defense. But, uh, I want to see it, and, and maybe your your guy, Miles Jack, you can ask him about that Absolutely. today. I think he can go a long way to helping with that, too. But, yeah, Tom, I, I just think that that's kind of the biggest weakness that, that I still have on paper because it was just so out of character for them last season, and, um, you know, it, it really – it. It harms your defense okay. in a lot of ways if, if you can't stop it up front. So. I mean, I would I would argue that they single-handedly lost that Viking game last year just because they couldn't oh. stop Dalvin Cook. They that couldn't stop was, an A-gap blitz either. That one was brutal. I mean, Joe Mixon diced them up yep. uh, every, both yep. times they played the Bengals. Big part so. of the reason why they tied the Lions as well, too. Absolutely. Stop the run. Godwin Iguabuque oh, had a goodness. podium game that day oh, goodness. Uh, in the rain. So, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, that to me is, is a big one that you circle uh, when you look ahead to September. Well, well, going off of the running game, are you comfortable with the number two spot on the Steelers' running back depth mm. chart? Because that's a spot, not as much as O-line or D-line, like you said, but that's a spot where I kind of hold my breath a little bit. I'm not particularly comfortable in the personnel, but that's just not a, a gig that I worry too much about in, in today's It's NFL. a break class in case of emergency, because you know Especially how they're going to Especially with number 22 yeah. out here who... I mean, you you got to always try to find that right balance, and, and we talked about this all throughout his rookie year, right? You got to strike that perfect equilibrium of getting the most out of him, getting feeding him the ball, running the offense, but keeping him, him healthy, but keeping him healthy and, and not overworking him and getting him dinged up. So uh, right. the durability with him has been really impressive, but uh, we we know that every running back is is going to go through it at some point. So um, do I think they could upgrade there? Maybe uh, you know. When we do get up to St. Vincent, that'll be a, a competition I'm, I'm kind of curious to see. Is can a Jalen Warren or a Mateo Durant show some flashes uh, either you know in those backs on backers or certainly once you get to the preseason and you got a chance to actually run with the ball and make some people miss. Brian Becker with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Before we let you go, cousin, uh, you wrote about the man who has been reported to uh, to be coming across the turnpike from Philadelphia back to his hometown of Pittsburgh. Hope he's got that easy pass. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit about uh, about Andy Weidel, what the people should know about the Mount Lebanon native. He, he's in that same uh, you know local NFL front office orbit as a lot of the guys who have either been in this building or were candidates for this job this time around your tom donahue's doug whaley's um you know kevin colbert was was another local guy who the steelers brought in from an outside organization but he certainly knew uh the tradition here and, and appreciated it and respected it so uh, i certainly think that's what you're getting in, in andy weidel and um you know he worked for the ravens for a really long time i don't know that there's many better organizations to to cut your teeth with than the Steelers when he first got his start yeah, coming out yeah. of uh, Mount Lebanon and then Villanova and then eventually Baltimore. So uh, we know he's, he's got a good handle on the AFC North. He went and uh, did a residence in the NFC East uh, mm-hmm. with the Eagles and by all accounts was uh, was very helpful there with turning around their organization. So we'll, we'll see where the Eagles go from here, but it looks like he's going to continue his work uh, on this side of the state. And, you know, he's he's got a roster in transition for sure. So Andy White will have his work cut out for him, but uh, he's he's got a, a solid background in what the Steelers do and what they're all about. So uh, I, I think he can uh, help this front office transition out of the Kevin Colbert years. If you want more on Andy White, make sure you check it out. Mr. Backo's latest piece in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Cousin, we appreciate your time as always. My pleasure. See you guys. There he is, Brian Backo of the PG. We're going to take a break here. One hour in the books, two more hours to go. Don't you dare go anywhere. It's a Steelers Blitz on SNR. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.